You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon and welcome to Sunday, October the 19th. Well, my chair's not exactly up here. No. I feel I feel far away You're from the You're far microphone. away. You're far, far away. Okay, so I'll, I'll straighten this. Or are you this. far and away? Well, that's called Ron Howard. I'll straighten this after the um, intro. So it's uh, <laughs> Sunday, October the 19th. It's uh, afternoon. We're not on this. We're on a normal schedule yeah. today. Um, this is after the show, episode number four zero. And there's a weird bug flying in your just eye. It's a little tiny bidgey thing. Yep. I so, got him. He's dead. Oh, you just killed somebody live on air. I killed him. So, <laughs> so this is a snuff podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is after the... Sh- there's another one. What's going on? Are we infested? It's only wine glass, interestingly enough. No, it's just getting cold outside and they're trying to come in. I think we should uh, spray them. <laughs> anyway, enough of our insect troubles. <laughs> this is after the show episode number 40. And the movie we're going to be reviewing this week is The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, not The Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. And this is a 2008 movie. It's going to be released on DVD and Blu-ray on Tuesday, October the 21st, which is this Tuesday. It's from our friends at Universal. And here's Sid Talk with the uh, synopsis. Oh, dear. The synopsis is, would be, uh, Bruce Banner is a scientist on the run from a an experiment gone bad a few years past, in which he is given an, I guess an overload dose of some kind of, ga- I'm still not clear gamma on radiation. this. Whatever. In the TV show, I was more clear on it. This, I'm not 100% clear. Gamma There's radiation. There's some serum going on and some gamma radiation and a, a green x-ray thing going on his eye. Um... And this, of course, and this will be a shock to everyone. Okay, so be, get ready. This is kind of a big spoiler. When Bruce Banner gets angry or apparently sexually aroused, he turns into a large nine-foot green Hulk of a thing. I know it's shocking. I know, I know it's. Rev- I know no one's heard that before. I'm. This is breaking news here. No one's. You just ever- mentioned about him getting sexually aroused. How? <laughs> what? What size is his penis when he's in Hulk form? It doesn't seem to exist. I must say, I've looked it's, closely. It's I looked pants. very closely at him and at the uh, abomination, and could not see a penis anywhere. So they go eunuch. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> they suck up inside. I don't know. That's so because they have that's to. That's it. Bruce Banner's on the run, and now uh, they want to hunt him down, and they want to use this, of course, as with a lot of these type stories, as a weapon. Uh, the military, thing. super soldier. Yes, and at the heart of it, of course, it's just a love story. Let's be real. And that's it. That's what I said. Is it like King Kong a little bit? Uh, what? That's what I'm saying. King Kong was like a love story with a beast and a. I hadn't really thought of the parallels there, but yeah, that's all right. To each our own. So we're going to... Is your chair situated now? Yeah, it's good okay. now. We're, mo- we're moving on to... Yeah, it's good. We, my chair's situated and there's no <laughs> bugs. But it is 300 degrees still. You reckon? Oh, yeah, right. even though it's cool, I feel hot. I'm wearing my lovely skirt, so I'm fine. I'm wearing shorts and I'm still hot. So uh, moving on, we don't. They don't really care what we're no. wearing. Well, they might. Hey, hey, listeners, what we're wearing today? Somebody out there cares. I'm wearing nice shorts <laughs> and uh, a t-shirt. <laughs> Even I'm not turned on by that voice. Sorry. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a transgender, transsexual. A transgender would be fine, but that sounded. Uh... Okay, so that's the that's what the uh, synopsis. Now moving on to the movie itself. Um, I'll t- throw my Take it few, away, I'll throw my few things out here. Um, okay, so yes, there was a m- another movie called The Hulk, which we uh, know all about by Ang Lee, a superb director. But unfortunately, that movie was uh, just a bit of a mess. Now, I, I said to you earlier, I, d- I don't think it was like absolutely terrible, but the special effects were. Yeah, I actually like some of it, like. Of the the old one, especially that opening, I really liked how it was filmed in that fifties kind of way with all them split panels and stuff. It actually started off really promising, but it didn't continue in that direction. Story was absolutely crap. Well, it was the story. In my opinion, the, it was crap. It was another story like this. Story. It wasn't interesting. It was too. I don't anyway, know. so the Incredible Hulk two thousand and eight. Um, 
This time, it's personal. <laughs> no, this time we it's it, it's definitely a different direction. It's more action packed. Um, it's more with the how the other Marvel movies are going. It's yeah, like, it's got it fits balls, in like Iron Man. It, like Iron Man, yeah. Um, not necessarily for me as... I mean, it takes place in the same universe as Iron Man, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same universe. So that's a bit of a shitty world. There's all kinds of crap going on in that world. Cities being... Yeah. Um, but I this one is... If that one was 10%, this one's 100% for me. I mean, it's like not... Night and day between them. What's your favorite part of it? As you were watching it, what really excited you? Because I have a few um, things. What excited me m- most? They did a lot of homage to the TV show, which I was totally in love with. Uh, being one music to the opening to the movie. Dun, 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 dun. The opening dun, dun. to the movie, um, the credit sequence. It was very reminiscent of Bill Bixby in the chair. And yes, the, it wraps and, up. It gets us to the point we are now. Yeah, so if you like the original TV series, this kind of amplifies that a bit, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you need to be paying attention. So if you're going, if you you know, if you went to see it in the theater for some reason and you were like two minutes late, then you missed the whole. Yeah, thing. I, yeah. The first uh, two to three minutes of there's a lot of stuff yeah. told to you there. In fact, there's even like some stuff about the Avengers in there, just in. On documents that are flying past. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of information. But then it, you don't really. It goes into okay. What I liked about it, scenes in general. I love the beginning part with the bottle implant. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and the favelas. The, um, if you've seen them, see this is a movie I should recommend this week because it has, does have a. Uh, it's uh, Children of Men. No, not Children of Men. I always get this mixed up. City of God. City of God. Which is a movie from, probably from about 2002, um, about kids in the Brazilian favelas, like a um, poverty. A favela is a huge city built on the front of a mountain. And it's just, if you look at it, it's like solid buildings all up the side with buildings on buildings on buildings. balanced on top of each other. Yeah, it's like what I think of as like mushrooms growing on the back of a log because um, I took some pictures of that this family reunion recently and it really reminded me of that. It was so weird. They're just like poked out, poked out, poked out and just coating it all over. And it's like a stair step and like totally unnatural and yet it looks amazing. That's one of my favorite And it's a perfect thing for a movie for sure. Oh, totally. And... That movie... You can't make that shit up, because that's, like, real, real. The City of God movie um, is really intriguing because it, it is... It's kind of, like, documentary style, even though it's a, it's a, story, it's a drama. But how these kids live the in, the, in this it, really yeah. violent, nasty place, really. Cla- claustrophobic, and yet very vibrant. and I mean, it's just... It's an amazing place to yeah, start it, on. And that movie's... And I thought... Starting out there, it is a as a conceivable, believable place for someone to hide. Well, well, exactly, and like they said, uh, if you want to, ha- that is a place to hide yeah. because they're really you're literally anonymous in there, and there's yeah, so totally. many people in there. Um, so yeah, it's like the television series. So Bruce Banner, I always thought he was called David Banner in the TV mm-hmm. show. No, anyway, is it Bruce Dave- David Bruce Banner or something? I, is, think I always so. meant, I always. You think always I heard correct David. me, but I always think it was... But anyway, Bruce Banner is on the run, basically, just trying to fit in and keep this rage under control that he's going to, you know. So it starts with him, like, meditating and stuff and trying to do all these things to rein it in. Anger management. Yeah, which is interesting, too. Yeah. And that... And... Because on a deeper level, that is... You could say that's what this entire movie is... This movie, The Hulk, is all about. Is about someone controlling that inner, inner rage. rage and that yeah. inner, you know, gut anger that either we really have as nature and we su- we just suppress it or we get it from society and we have to learn how to control it. You know, but I don't know if that's too deep and if that's what he meant when no, he No, that's totally what it is. Yeah. That's totally what it is. All, all Stan Lee's stuff, Marvel stuff, has a deeper meaning. But there again, when they, I think when you hear them talk about it when they wrote it, they just kind of went like... Okay, 
we need a guy who does like water stuff and then they just think of something yeah so I don't know if they put that much thought into it but maybe after, maybe once they started writing it now like, when well, you watch now we've it we've got stuff to put into yeah, it yeah you can give it all kinds of meaning but I really loved the opening scene obviously that whole location was cool it is a, it's totally a movie of three acts if you get what I mean it's like mm, a, yes it's split into three distinct so you get the opening scene in the favelas in Brazil you get the middle scenes which are in America and then you get the end scenes, which are in a famous city in America. So it, it really is split up. Um, what I really like, though, is, yes, loads of nods to the TV show. It's actual... F- it felt like an episode of the TV show for me, but more amped up. Like, it, yeah, it had that kind that. of flow, you know? Like, um, moments of quiet drama and then crazy moments of... Well, you know, in the TV show, as crazy as you could get with a guy in a green... Uh, with green food colouring on him. But in this... Okay, and the the other thing I like about it is the Hulk in Ang Lee's version is the most hor the worst CG. Like you talk about, like oh, you've seen some bad CG. That's possibly the worst. C- and when I actually saw some clips from it today in high definition, what was wrong with it? And I can now know what is wrong with it after seeing this new one. Is Ang Lee's Hulk had no lighting on it? It looked like it was a flat object. That there was no shadowing on it or anything. It was just like a yeah. Didn't they didn't man. match it with the now this atmosphere. One, I mean, the this one's totally lit and now this one's not brilliant all the time, but it's a billion times better for me. There were moments though. There was one moment when you're we're like in a helicopter looking down and there's like a tank and he's running past and he grabs Orkara Hummer. Oh, the one where he kind of side kind of it. yeah. And it, I was I actually had it. I just had a huge like. <gasps> That looks real. Oh my god! And that actually pumped me up. That's what I'm saying. There are not to get like down on it because that's all I was looking for was for the fakeness and the badness and the in bad fact, motion I had capture. This, I had this thought in my head actually. It started off really good, you know, because it's Ed Norton who I really like, and it's he's Bruce Banner, and there's this interesting him going to work in this bottling plant, and and yeah, he's trying to what he's trying to do is find a way to get rid of this. Yeah, in himself, he's, so. he's communicating with somebody about a cure for this, and. It's all really interesting, and I'm like, well, this is a good way to take it, because I wasn't expecting this kind of thing. And then, the first time he has to transform, in my head, I was like, okay, this is where the movie's going to just be ruined for me, when I see it. Now, the first time you, the first time you see it, you don't particularly see it so well, do you? And that is a pretty good... I, That's a I very think that good was a thing. Good, it's a very good thing. You see, it's in the bottling plant, and it's very dark and very dim and shadowy. It's a light and shadow, or whatever they call yeah, whatever. it. Whatever they say on Idol. Hues and darkness. Yeah, anyway, it's really shadowy, and you get to see him kind of, and kind of not. And not not like the guy was saying, that. oh, do you know it's him, do you know it's not? Because you do know it's the whole. Of course, yeah. But um, it's, it's just enough subdued so you don't get the full effect of it instantly. Now, the second time he transforms, it's in broad daylight. And you know what that reminded me of was uh, Transformers. Because the first time Bumblebee does, we don't see it at all. He's running after him, and then Bumblebee's gone, and the next thing he sees is he's already transformed. And I liked that, because you're like, oh, I wanted to see... And now I'm looking forward to, like, seeing that. But now what I was getting at was, so when he transformed, in my mind was like, okay, I'm loving this movie, but this is where it just... This is where I probably get off the ship of liking this. (laughs) And, uh, no, I didn't. Because, yes, there was parts where it looked like a rubber thing, but nowhere near as bad as... I mean, in fact, we, we, we've got them both set. Yeah, and we, when they mixed the look of the Hulk, with, and what I, one of my favorite things of the whole movie, one of two, the three major things that I love about the movie, Ed Norton, I just can't... I, I could watch him just sit in a chair, I think, probably, and <laughs> I'd be happy. And I don't know why. I just really like watching him. I thought he was fantastic. And... The action, the fights, and the action, and the sounds of the crunching of brick, and the, maybe it's the sound combined with the really severe, you know, kind of like one of the reasons I liked a scene in Charlie's Angels or a couple, even though it was a crappy kind of movie, was Charlie's the action really powerful. And I mean, uh, Terminator Three, Charlie's the scene Angels in the is... bathroom when they're like really duking oh, it out. Charlie's Angels, I want to just stop on that one. It's 
really lame, but yeah. it's fun. It's yeah. real fun as well. And the action when they're fighting with the dude at the fence, and it's and all the fight scenes are really. There's severe. a lot of unnecessary Matrix uh, slowdown and stuff, but it was. No, that, I don't mean that. I mean the era. the slamming, like when somebody kicks somebody and they really fold around them, and it really the sound. That's what I, one of the things I loved about this particular movie was every action scene wasn't just like. And I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big fan of big action sequences. Sometimes I'm just waiting for it to be over. But this one with the fights and everything, I thought was really good. And I have to mention a special mention on this. We watched the Blu-ray disc of this. That the sound on this particular one, I thought was actually better than the sound on Iron Man. It was like insane. It was really good. There was like um, any time the Hulk was on the screen, um, there's like a crazy bass movement in that's going. It's it's really weird. It's like a like a. It comes with him. I don't know what it is. It is what part of him does whatever. it? Yeah, but you can feel it inside you. It's so intense, <laughs> like and gunshots and everything. And a couple of things I, I thought about the sound. There was one where he was in a glass. Uh, what do you call it? A flyer, like a walkway. And two grenades were thrown in. Uh, well, shot in. And when they hit the floor, the grenades they. Because the tear gas starts to come out of them, they start spinning around in a circle. And you could hear the um, the smoke going around yep. in a circle. And the, the little high-pitched, like, of metal those... on the ground you yeah. know, as it's rolling around. And then another, like, spectacular moment for sound. This is just, I don't know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was, like, up for no- Oscar nomination for sound for some reason. Like, because you do see these kind of movies up there, don't mm-hmm. you? Um, was, there was a part where... They rolled in two tanks with like sonic blasters on them. I wasn't sure what that was. They were, exactly. That was something they'd figured out in the laboratory. It, like disturbs the Hulk and it gets it stops him being so like a really huge like blast, a really weird, kind of like if you'd crank up your speaker without any sound to a point of actually seeing the air move. And it's that powerful. Now, when that like, happens <laughs> in the movie, and you've got your home right? theater cranked up, it. <laughs> it really hurts you. Like, you're you're like, kinda, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. There's lots of moments of a uh, cool sound. Um, but yeah, back to the movie. Sound plays... Well, that is part of the movie. That's part of what makes it really good, I think. Yeah, well, yeah it's all... You dole down fly... some of that experience and it, it loses a bit. You know, you're just watching stuff happen, but when you've got it, I just think... It, it totally is when people say, um, oh, it doesn't really matter what the sound's like in a movie. People well, like me? Well... I normally say Imagine, that. like... The first time you've watched this new Incredible Hulk is on the kitchen television. It wouldn't know, you'd be like, oh, this is okay. But like when you sit and watch it and you've got it surround sound and something like that helicopter crashes down and it. Agreed, agreed, but it doesn't matter on every movie. No, it doesn't, but these kind of movies, it's, it's really. It's, you can have the best looking Hulk in the world, but without all that layer of sound, it. It loses a lot of its work. impact, I think, but. That was one of the other things I really liked about it. And I liked the story. I really, I liked the... The story was... Very superficial. And predictable. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't very a twist in utilitarian, any way. Yeah. yeah. But that's part of what I liked about it. It wasn't... Didn't try to go any deeper. It was him trying to find this thing, and he's got a, an enemy, I mean, and then he gets another I was going to say, I'm not giving anything away, but the, the moment you see um, Tim Roth without knowing anything, it's obvious he's going to be a bad person. Just because, yeah, he has this cheeky, snide way about it. Oh, I didn't think that. See, and I did. And I I knew it wouldn't have been um, Hurt. Right. I knew it wouldn't have been him. William Hurt. It's just that cheeky, snide way about him. I had no idea how the story was going to go at all. So I didn't know there was going to be anything other than just Army trying to, you know, suppress him or grab him or whatever it was. So that was a good thing for me. And there was no hopping. This made me very happy. I actually was had that feeling in my gut like you did. Like, if he starts jumping, like, five miles at a time like he did in... Like he does in the comic or even in the other in, movie. In, in fact... I uh, would be like, Hulk. ugh, that's one of the things I hated about it. Fine if it's part of the Hulk legacy or whatever it is. It isn't. I think it is. You told me it was in the comic books. Well, where he bounds, like, yeah. diff- like uh, blocks miles, at a time. Miles, yeah. Well, in the desert in that one, but not... In the comic book. In the comic book, I think the... Over time, they kind of had him doing more things. Right. Just because, like, how do you stretch something for years? Where all he's doing is bashing things yeah, and throwing people, people around. Yeah. Or going... Yeah, the, the duality thing of 
being a man and fighting your anger and how far... I mean, you can take that pretty far, but still. So... Oh. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and when it was over, I was actually like, oh, I'm ready for him. I'm ready to go to the next place and, and see do, his next adventure. And I do think we've seen two really good Marvel movies this year. They really on a roll there, because Iron Man was really... For me, it was... Like I said to you, I preferred it to Spider-Man. And the Hulk, while it's not, for me, like, it's not as good as Iron Man, but I think it's a good version of the Hulk. I really do. And I think I think what really is making these apart from the other ones they might have made in the past, is they're getting these really... Like, to have Robert Downey Jr. as um, Iron Man, and to have Ed- Edward Norton as the Hulk. You know, respectable act. You know, not... Yeah. I'm talking not low-bit actors. Like, people who've done real good work in the past come in to do these roles. It adds something to it, like, um, rather than... Tommy Maguire was really good for Spider-Man. That yeah. added, I think, a lot to... And ben Affleck for Daredevil. Hmm... Question. <laughs> I, I still stand by Daredevil is very good. I think Daredevil's fine, but I don't think Ben Affleck is a good actor. I'm sorry. I know. You want to, you know. But See, what okay. can I say? If, if Ben Affleck's not a good actor, go and watch Chasing Amy again. I was just going to say. Watch the scene in the rain. The scene and tell in the rain in the car is good, but tell then again, I think, is he really acting or is he just dredging up his own guy feelings? But I, that, you're That's right. Acting. That's acting. That's one of my favorite scenes of his ever of any movie now he was alright in Jersey Girl I don't give a shit what the face is I really like Jersey Girl I thought in Jersey Girl not all of it obviously but certain parts of Jersey Girl he was as good as he was in Chasing Amy especially I agree um, um, where the little girl said she hates him and stuff (laughs) yeah that's just a real touching there's touching moments in that one too yeah I just I'm not convinced he's a great actor I'm sorry but that's Uh, I'm not sorry that's just the way it is well, I'm not saying he's a great actor. I'm saying that he was a good choice for Daredevil. He was, actually. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, you wouldn't think, you know, when, when somebody was saying, oh, we're making Daredevil, you wouldn't think, oh, yeah, that's probably going to be Ben Affleck. So that was well, a You wouldn't a... think Edward, Edward Norton would be the Hulk, or Bruce Banner, no, ever in a so million far years. away from a Hulk. He's not a You would think of him guy. as moving more and more into those intense powerhouse drama things. But then again, look at Robert De Niro and what he's done in the last few years. The Fockers and Meet the Parents and analyze this and analyze that. So I guess you don't want somebody to just burn out on the brooding angry, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he's in 25th Hour and uh, American History X. Is that what it's called? Fight Club. Fight Club. Those are all pretty, um... Talking of duality. You know. Fight Club. <laughs> oh, so this is the sequel to <laughs> Fight Club. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Durden. Yeah. Well, we... Perhaps... I was going to say perhaps people out there haven't seen Fight Club, but I wouldn't... I, I think if we have fans... If movie fans listen to this show, I'm sure I've seen Fight Club. We're not telling anything that they don't know. He's in Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, overall, this is a Hulk film. really works for me. And, uh, uh, I, uh, like, last week I knew we were going to re- be reviewing this this week. And I've always loved the Hulk, the TV show as a kid. I, I watched it every week without oh, me fail. Too. I mean, when that music came on and he was at his little backpack and he was walking up the road and it was raining or whatever, I was always like, yeah, a new adventure with him. You know, it's... Something new. That's how I felt at the end of this one. I wanted to yeah, go exactly, on to the next one. Yeah, exactly, because it ends in that kind of way, doesn't it? And then when I knew we were reviewing this, and I just kept thinking to myself, well, we'd just seen Iron Man. That was great. I didn't even expect anything from Iron Man. It was like a... I didn't even really care about it, but... Maybe that's why it came off so good, because you had no expectations. <laughs> but then The Incredible Hulk, I was thinking, well, we've seen Ang Lee's one. I didn't, I didn't really like it. It kind of messed the whole cup a bit for me because I was expecting some more stuff. More than whatever that was. And Eric Banana and all that stuff in that one. <laughs> and then this one was... I knew that Edward Norton being in it would perhaps be what saves it. But then I, I also thought that if it's a crappy Hulk, then that he might not even Plus, be Plus, and we'll get to the director. But he the, the thing I like about Iron Man and this, there's a grittiness and an adultness to them. Not like adult themed or anything, but there is a hardcore uh, to them, you know, more than like even Transformers doesn't have the, it doesn't cross the line to where you actually, I felt menace that these things were a menace and there was danger and they could actually, you know, truly destroy if they weren't stopped or if the Hulk isn't stopped or whatever. So I like that about them. There's not like a, 
Yeah, it's more it's a more adult version. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the way superhero movies seem to be going. You know, with the Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, and these two, they're, they're, yeah, they're a bit less like, oh, these are movies for kids. Let's yeah, not a lot of corny one liners and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's just in fact, not in this one. None. I don't think there's so. no um, somebody getting killed and saying, "Take that!" or "I told you." you no, no, it's you very, know, it's, it's serious. In fact, Iron Man had a little bit of that, but not tons. There's, you know, pe- there's not people falling off things and somebody going, it's a long way down. Yeah, no, no. And you're going there. Or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. I, I, obviously, I shouldn't write those right, kind exactly. of <clears throat> So, But someone equally as bad as you does write them. Yeah, so that's the problem. I was just talking about, before we did the podcast, about taglines for movies. When now it, you have to write a tagline for a movie because it's what sells it. Well, the imaginative tagline for this new Hulk is, on June the 13th, get ready to unleash the beast. Now, that sounds like the tagline for a porno to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Like, it could be the latest Ron, Ron Jeremy movie. So, anyway, uh, Incredible Hulk, for me, big surprise, I actually really liked it. I, I want to see a, a second one with the same people. Yes. Now, also in this movie, it's not really... a. If you, in the Iron Man movie, at the very end after the credits, they alluded to an Avengers movie. It's not a big secret. Everybody knows by now. No. In this movie, at the very end, but before the credits, they also allude to an Avengers movie. And there's a cameo appearance by... Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I believe a Avengers movie is coming, which would be awesome. And I was saying to you, it will, awesome. on, it will only be awesome... If the Edward Norton is the Hulk, I mean not the Hulk. Robert Banner. Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is Stark, and whoever else we get introduced to from the Avengers with their own movie, like Aquaman or somebody like that, whoever. Patrick Duffy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm, I don't think Aquaman's part of it, but what I'm saying is, all the rest, Captain America, whoever is Captain America in Ben Affleck, <laughs> and. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson will be Nick Fury. So, but what I'm saying, there's got to be a Captain America film before the Avengers. Whoever all these people are, they have to appear. We need in to Avengers investigate. Movie. That'll be interesting to find out who, who that's going to be. Captain America. Who do you mean? I was, was going to say like Samuel L. Jackson, but no, because he's Nick Fury. I don't know. I don't know. But they, there's several people in the Avengers, not just the Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America. There's others too. I always thought Wolverine was one of them. He is. He is, right? Yeah, and the Shazam or... So if Wolverine, he has to be Hugh Jackman. Like, because we know, we know that... That's what I'm saying. If the Avengers movie is going to work, if they can't pull off that casting, it's not going to work, is it? Not for us. No, for anybody who's watched all the other Marvel stuff going, okay, this will be good. It's a combo of all these people. So that's got to be good. And then it, then like they go, oh yeah, Tony Stark is um, <laughs> somebody you don't Steve Coogan, <laughs> or you know Barry Manilow. That could be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so we like the movie. Yeah, I um, highly recommend it. Uh, and we'll go into the cast now. Uh, we've just talked about Edward Norton so much. Yeah, anyway. he's good. Um, plays Bruce Banner. He's the star of the show. He, I can't think of anybody else to do it. Well, he could have if he wasn't it. No, no. Like I've said, yeah, I, know, I think but... he fits perfectly, and he obviously brings to it. He was a fan of it too, and you can tell he's into it when he's doing it. Uh, Liv Tyler as Betty Ross, or Doctor Elizabeth Betty Ross. She's all right, a little bit, bit on the super sad, super sappy occasionally. But there were scenes when I was actually watching her really close when she was opposite Edward Norton, and thinking to myself, "This is one of those times when someone like Liv Tyler who." Has never done a part that's like Jersey Girl hardcore. I don't know what the difference is between a hardcore acting scene and our part and not, but I know what I think in my head. She's just in. She's done Jersey Girl and she's been Elf Girl and stuff like that. So there's never been anything that felt to me like challenging. So here she is up against Edward Norton, who's done some of the most like ugh, incredibly intimidating or violent and like intense characters, and I'm watching her thinking. Is she going to... You mentioned when we watched... Um, what was it recently? Where the one person was really good. Oh, in Godfather 3. 
Al Pacino's really good, and he's up against Sophia What's Her Face, and you're thinking, like, he's quality and she's crap, and I was really worried about that, but I felt like she held her own, except for that sort of pouty. Yeah, and she she delivers most of her lines in this weird whispering, like... Yeah. Like... Like, And that, you know, she's compassionate and she's loving and everything, so that fits, because not a lot of people would... That's the idea. Somebody the said to her, you've got to be very compassionate all the time. Or so she's kind of she... like that. All of her parts are kind of like that. Yeah. You know? So, I liked her, though. I thought she was I thought she was just right. She's so. really pretty. Oh, yes. I love looking at her. She's got a very pretty face, that's for sure. I don't think of her dad when I'm looking at her. I do. Even though... I now I've got stay this... awake now... just to hear you breathing. Now I've got this hideous... That's all I think. <laughs> now I've got this hideous, like, monster face, and part of it's like... Steven Tyler, like, and then part of it's Liv Tyler, and it's kind of spliced together. It's kind of hideous. Anyway, like BC, like a, like some kind of Hulk. Anyway, uh, Tim... maybe she really is Steve Tyler. Have you ever seen them together? I don't know. No, she's so not Steve think Tyler. About. So Tim Roth as um, Major Emil Blonsky. He has a big head. Yeah, I absolutely love Tim Roth. He's you don't good. see him enough. Like, I don't. I, I don't think you see him enough. I mean, I've li- I've liked him since old back in, right back in the day when. You know, Reservoir Dogs came out, or he directed that one we were talking about last week with um, the War Zone. Yeah, yeah. You know, I knew of him then, like, and now and he was in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and now he's you know he's come a long way, but you just don't see him very much. I mean, no. I, he's not a household name, is he? Really? No, I liked him. I did, and he, he played. I thought like he was I, like ah. a subtle, scary kind of nemesis because I didn't think he was going to go total badass or anything but at some point you saw that glimmer of in of like um that's what i'm saying insanity he, played, he did eye. that good he, and he also did the holding it together you could you know like he 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 was so motivated by wanting what he yeah had. yeah exactly but he was holding himself together in front of everybody and then when he got a sniff of it he kind of started to lose it slowly i, I thought he played it really well and um william hurt as the uh well, Thunderbolt, Major Thunderbolt. Or I'm very neutral on him. I just don't He's get like the appeal. I really don't. Jeff Daniels. Is it Jeff Daniels? Uh-huh. In Iron Man. The, the, who's the guy in Iron Man? Not Jeff Daniels. No, Dan... Who's the guy who plays the bad guy in Iron Man? I'm trying to imagine it now. Yeah, well, it just reminds me of him. Again. Like right. Another authority person. Jeff Bridges. Jeff I Bridges. mean, no. Yes. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, another <laughs> older, authoritative person. I don't know, I like Jeff Bridges a whole lot more. No, I just, to me, I've they're both kind found, of interchangeable. Except for when I saw The Big Chill for the first time, fell in love with it, watched it about 250 times, and I'm not exaggerating. I seriously have seen it that many times, I've over seen and over and over, days and days and days in a row. Um, went out on videotape, of course, and listened to the soundtrack. And, of course, I was intrigued by him then, because he was like sort of that pouty, cynical, damaged character. And at that age, I was really intrigued, and I think it was more the character than him. Since then, Ez is good, but I don't see... He's one of those people that I, everybody goes, oh, he's fantastic. It's just the like, same thing, isn't it? I'm looking for that. It's yeah. the same thing. If he plays like a serious somebody in something... And he's then he done plays a few this. that are standout. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, completely. Cool. But overall, I didn't. I found him a bit too much... He was the most of a caricature in this movie as anybody else. Yeah, and, and that's what he was supposed to be. Like, he was supposed to look like he walked off the comic book page. That's Even what, nobody else did, so it didn't work. No, yeah. And that's why I said I felt like he was like the, the Iron Man guy. It was just kind of over the top what you think of somebody in a military. Yeah, just like a caricature. Yeah. You know, here's yeah. a guy with a mustache and he's in And a cigar. And the deleted yeah. scenes were more in-depth and more intense and more real as a character than what made it into the movie, I felt like. Yeah. And then uh, I just threw in a... They, they're the main players in this yeah. movie. There are other people, but nothing major worth Who mentioning. <laughs> and then I just wanted to throw in these people because, like, Lou Ferrigno is actually... Yeah, it was so... You know, I even clapped when he came He's just on. a security guard behind a desk. But he's also the voice of the Hulk. Yeah, he aged Did very you know well. Yeah, I read that, what you wrote. I didn't yeah. know that, but is he it, aged. He looks fantastic. So, he, so he's... Still old. So, so the... Noises and all that, he did. And, yeah, he's absolutely built. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm creepily... A little, I'm a little looking. frightened of the, how that got that way, but... I and it was amazed. a cool homage scene because, like, you know... Um, Edward Norton walks up to the counter and the security guy's there and he looks at him and says, you're the man. Yeah, eventually he says, yeah, to him. You're the man. You're the man. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, and he did just... the man hug thing. 
yeah, so that was, you know, just a that cool little great. moment. And it was good to, like, you know, have him in there. Then there's Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Very small. But it's cool to see him in there, too. I mean, yeah. I like how they... Because now they're their own studio, Marvel. They can just do what they want. Call up these... They, maybe they keep him in cages in the back? And then, actors? They have, like, a and then subterranean... They, prison for all these actors who well, join the Marvel team. <laughs> and then they can bring them all back for the sequels and stuff. And then the obligatory Stanley um, cameo as yeah. the Milwaukee drinking man. <laughs> that's, that's his official term. And who, let's just, because it's, it's at the beginning, it's not really a spoiler. Um, Edward Norton, obviously his blood is charged. Yeah. Drop some blood. Uh, he works in a bottling plant. Drop some blood into a drink of what do you call that drink? Soda. It was just soda. Some soda. Yeah. Some Brazilian then, soda. So then this soda gets shipped out, and then who does drink some? But Mr. Stanley. That's right. The so Milwaukee drinking man. That was a good person to. We don't see him transform into anything, but it's no, a fun but, thing to yeah, think about. I said I would like to have revisited that. But I think that's good enough because you're like, oh, okay, what happened to him? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much the cast of uh of Hulk and of the Incredible Hulk and the director is Louis Leterrier who this is my even though I've already recommended a movie these are the other two I'm going to recommend because I have these wrote down you haven't done your recommendations yet I did one earlier didn't I did you? yeah I can't remember oh you added one yeah yeah I can't remember what was it I'd have to listen to it it just comes (laughs) out you know when yes it was oh I don't know we've got to start writing these down because I don't want to read okay so anyway Louis Leterrier um, is the director and these are the two movies I'm going to recommend The Transporter 2 and uh, Danny the Dog which is called Unleashed here in the States both brilliant movies Luc Besson's involved in both of them I like anything that Luc Besson touches it you seems. do you're in love with him um, Transporter 2 we have to say isn't as I really like Transporter 2 good it was a lot of fun yeah like, it's fun it's stupid <laughs> the ending is just ridiculous like that plane scene oh, totally. it's just absolutely like outlandish but it's stupid. got that hard hitting action that I like so yeah, much even Transporter didn't he didn't do it Transporter was better but yeah Transporter 2 still real loads of fun like. and the Jason second one is like really amp up the action and stuff but still it's yeah. a good series and you can say stupid it is stupid yeah. totally but um, the nurse girl with the with the garters and she's got the needle. I really like the nurse good. girl. She's my favorite <laughs> thing. She's just like so. She looks insane with the makeup all running down and stuff. And yeah, with the guns like that, you know, Lara Croft style. That's one of the best parts of it. Uh, her, but I was going to say it. No, I won't say that. Put me in mind of that poster right back there. Yeah, it does a little bit. Planet Terror. Um, and he's also interestingly enough, his Louis Leterrier's next movie, 2010, will be the remake of Clash of the Titans, which. It's one of my favourite movies from being a kid. I watched Clash of the Titans a billion times. I can't wait to see him do it because his camera works insane. You know, It is, from watching the extras. And obviously he can handle a big budget movie and that's going to be one. I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be good. It's quite charming with his old French accent. A little. <laughs> so, moving on to the... We took a look... Is my that, movie recommendations, if okay, you were going to ask. <laughs> because... As we get to fight scenes, right? The Hulk fighting scene, one of the big. I, I, it takes a really good one for me to be into it and not waiting for it to be over. This was a good one. It reminded me of a couple other movies that I remember. I actually really love fight scenes in these movies. Lethal Weapon, when Riggs fights Mr. Joshua in the end, or Crazy Busey, you know? That's really good in the sprinkler in the yard and everybody's round. That's actually one of those fight scenes that I, if I catch it on TV, I'll wait and just watch that part over, you know, just to see that again. Well, so do, that's a good do you know my um, recommendation earlier for the uh, Danny the Dog slash Unleashed? That yeah. is one of the best fight yes. scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. And the fight scene I'm talking about is where he's in the house at the end and he fights like the Kung Fu guy inside the toilet, which is like... Through the walls. Yeah, through all the walls and everything. It's yeah. just insane. Really yeah. good. So and- there's... My other one is True Romance, when Alabama fights Tony Soprano, which he's not called Tony Soprano in this movie, but um, Gandolfini. Yeah, that's they're in a hotel, that's in a motel room. Oh my god, it's it, it's same thing. I will sit and watch just that scene. And if you see the unrated uh, version over. of that movie, 
that scene is even worse. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> like, the hits and the mo. it's just brilliant. And those are two of my favorite fight scenes ever. And so I would recommend watching those movies just for those scenes, actually. Plus, they're, I mean, Lethal Weapon's excellent. And uh, True Romance, one of my favorite movies of all time. True Romance, directed by one of your favorites, Tony Scott. So, uh, moving on to the discs, the disc itself. This is the Incredible Hulk Blu-ray edition. It's the first time a Blu-ray disc has been in a green case, interestingly enough. They've uh, themed the case. Um, I'm not impressed by that. It doesn't affect me at all. It's just pretty... I just think it's pretty cool after seeing so many blue cases. It, <laughs> kind of, it just makes it look... It's like, not a thin one yet, though. No, but anyway, um, it comes with like this special uh, 3D slipcover, which is pretty cool, because like, the abomination's like sticking out in the front there. It's a little blurry. That's pretty cool looking. Because <laughs> you stuff it in my face, which no one can see. I mean, but as you... Yeah, it's all right. I like it. It's, I, I I mean, you know when you say, oh, what's the point in a slipcover? Well, that is that is good. Because it's, it's the same picture, but it's 3D. I actually like the one on the box better. I like the non-3D but version. Look at, look at how much it sticks out compared to that one. I understand. Anyway, you get if you uh, for a limited time, you're going to get this 3D slipcover, which comes... Um, but and you'll eventually take it off, and you'll sit on the floor, and somebody will step on it, and then you'll throw it away. Not in my house. No. Um, oh, God, no. But, yeah, it comes in this cool... Blu-ray case that's green, which is goes against the grain, but it's cool because it's the Hulk. He can go against Correct. the grain. Um, so, the Blu-ray version, unfortunately, it, it comes with BD Live features, which we're, you know, usually like to have a look at, but we couldn't have a look at this one because the server isn't available yet. So, instead of a BD Live features, you get a tutorial like, <laughs> on how to use BD Live. And then at the bottom it says, come back, come back later. For- yeah, so, we would like to have talked about the My Chat feature. Which allows you to chat with other users while watching the movie. We would like to talk about that. We would. But we won't. It's ridiculous. Bugging my face. But anyway, that's going to be... That's, that's part of it. That's in there. Chat um, with people while you watch a movie. Yeah, it's got a picture of it. like um, Oh, dear. Like a little chat interface. There, I got him. So, yeah, our house is... Uh, we're not, like, scumbags. <laughs> no, I just got this one little teeny tiny black bug. Okay, so... You must have got through the screen. So this is the Blu-ray version we took a look at, even though you can't get it on DVD, but we have no idea on that one because we just Yeah, didn't. and what we were surprised when we watched um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall mm-hmm. was it was actually alright. The I mean, BD had some like, Okay, yeah. I mean, it wasn't mass quantity or quality, but it was actually it was enough to go on and look on at On Tuesday, it. when the streets... As they say, I will go, I will stick it in my PC, I've got a Blu-ray player in my PC, and I will check those features out, so you can mention them in the review, see what they are. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the actual high-def features. You've got an animated comic book. What did you think? I liked it. Was that the, just the one scene? Yeah, the the animated scene from... Just the one scene, not a whole book. One scene. No, but... It's just not animated comic book, animated No, I like it, because it's actual drawings from the comic, but they are animated just ever so slightly, and panels come up in front of you, and then it tells the story of them in the little cave thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's um, it's like the the one that was on Nightmare Before Christmas, which which we watched. There was also a storyboard animated thing where it's all zooming in and out, and it's kind of like a picture book. It's cool. Yes. Uh, Then there's, obviously this... All, as all Universal Blu-rays do, it comes with a U-Control feature. Now, do you want to mention about the... The U-Control feature is quite um, substantial this time. This time it's... If we look through and every scene has something, which could have just been commentary, but it looked like every scene had at least one or two things, and some three or four. And it includes some picture-in-picture, picture, some picture-in-picture picture making of, you know, behind the scenes that are not in the regular list of stuff, so you get new new stuff there. You also get the... The one that was the best was the, what was it called? The comic to screen or something like yeah. that. Where it has... Comic book gallery. From comic book to screen. View yes. the original images that inspired shots in the movie. Yeah. Or is that the one where it has all four little panels and you can zoom them in full screen yeah. and all that? Was that yeah, the one? Yeah, that, that actually was good. is good this time. Because you see the storyboard sketch and then you see an animated CG version and you can full screen them or you can watch all four of them at once and see the real movie. It's... That it's one how, was good. It, well, it tells me... I'm not a fan of U-Control, and that was a good one. Well, then it tells me now that <laughs> it is possible. We didn't know if this was possible, but now we do know. But when you watch that director's commentary, 
and you want to zoom that big and put the other one small, it's possible. Of course, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the disc actually will do that. They just yeah. haven't done it this yet. This lets you look When at they it. actually do that, your control will be fine. Yes. But um, They're working their way through, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It seems to get a little bit better each one we watch. We go, oh, look, that looks a bit bigger this time. And maybe they've heard that people have said it's a bit too small. Yeah, and they moved the picture, picture from the right to almost the left. And I don't know why, but that's more Seemed pleasing. better, didn't it? Yeah. Maybe. Somebody is figuring something out. Yeah. Um, then you've also got uh, alternate opening, which is quite a substantial opening, but it doesn't... Very it's not dramatic. Good, it's not Too dramatic opening. for them. No, 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 no. The Making of Incredible, which is like a 30-minute... That was good, though. Yeah, it's really good. It's like a... Not just talking heads. It's on the set with the director. It's seeing all the... You learn how they used a place in Canada and closed a whole full road off and did all the sets in the... A well, street. It's in a the, city street. Yeah. Yeah. In Ontario or Toronto, I forget. Yeah, and it's supposed to be New yeah. York, but it's... Um, <laughs> that was a good thing. for 30 minutes, it actually seemed longer because it was all substantial. It wasn't just interviews. It had a little bit of interviewing going on with the director, but it wasn't all that. So. And you get to see some... The, 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 the director's enthusiasm comes through a lot. Yes. I even told you, his mannerisms and his enthusiasm reminds me of Quentin Tarantino, and I still can't pinpoint why, but he gets really, his shoulders get to moving, and he leans into what he's saying, and he's French, which is totally not Quentin Tarantino, but for some reason, I got the same vibe off of him, that he's really into it, you know. And then there's the Becoming the Hulk featurette, which is about 10 minutes in length, and it's a really cool process that they show. That I've never seen before. And last week we were yep. say, last week we were saying to each other, um, we're pretty much sick of watching these making of things because how many times do we need to see somebody on wires? And how many times do we need to see a CG thing? Yeah, how many times do we have to see the people sitting at their desk mousing around on their little computer to show us how they so do CG? this is a face scan technique where they take the actor, This in this case Edward Norton, they... Brush on some... No, they powder on phosphorescent uh, powder, which is glow-in-the-dark. Put that on his face, and then sit him in this weird camera rig, and then he acts with his face, like, does, like, Hulk growls and stuff, and they capture that information. Now, normally they would use the little dots on the face, but this is, like, gets the entire face, not just the points. So you get really detailed... There's, like, dozens of cameras around that get every angle and every little... So when the CG Hulk snarls, that's Edward Norton snarling, not the CG Hulk, so it brings a... Right. ...realism of acting... Well... And we've never seen that. We've never never seen seen beyond the dots before, so this is... Maybe they should cover someone's whole body with that powder. That'd be good, instead of the suit with the, like, dozen or so dots, you know? Hmm. Interesting. We'll porno. Probably see, That'd be we'll probably, porno. <laughs> yeah, or um, like a CG porno. Nice. Is there a CG There's porno? gotta be. Come on. Probably. Um, so, moving on to Becoming the Abomination, which is the opposite side of Tim Roth. Uh, not, not so much his makeup or anything, but him training... Well, two guys doing motion capture and him as well, alongside them. Yeah, and it, the other one of the Hulk was the same. Had Edward Norton in the suit doing, and you know... Um, videos of him falling and doing stuff and then them using that to model the Hulk after. And then there's Anatomy of a Hulk out, which is three the three times he changes into the Hulk during the movie. Them ten minute features that explain those more in detail with the director and you know. Right. And that that's another thirty minutes talk. And then Scene Explorer, which isn't a feature. <laughs> you can skip to any scene in the movie. I don't find that to be that's a feature. not a feature. No. Um Deleted scenes, these are all in standard definition, because we move into the standard definition features. There is a lot of deleted scenes. There are scenes. a lot, now, and oh my goodness, wouldn't it have dull. changed the movie? I yeah. was even bored, and it was just deleted scenes. Now, there was a couple of good ones, but mostly it was, like I said to you, soap opera-ish. Kinda. It was like melodrama, it was all... Let's, let's say that Liv Tyler's character in the movie has a boyfriend... It was mainly concerning him, most of it. Yeah. And it was boring. He's yeah. A, he's, a, he's a psychiatric doctor and he's trying to figure out Edward Norton. It's or something. There. Yeah, it was just really... <clears throat> but anyway, I, I'm sure those deleted scenes totaled three hours long. <laughs> they probably didn't. But well, yeah, I felt, felt like it. Um, but I yeah. felt like at one point I'm like, we're watching this movie again. Because they were so long. I feel that if there's a director's cut of that movie, I'm not, it's not necessarily going to be any better. It's just going to be longer. 
Yeah, if they stick Probably with that Probably worse, actually, because it would drag, wouldn't it? Yeah, because that part of the story is really not relevant, and they did a lot of shooting with that guy. And then there's an actual feature commentary, just an audio commentary, with Louis Leterrier and Tim Roth, just the two of them. You know, we you all know what a commentary is. Yeah, and they both are very enthusiastic. Both of them, even Tim Roth, I think, is really fascinated by he, he, these kind of things. And he also like thinks that his kids will think he's yeah, cool. Yeah, if, if I'm he's... in this, will they think I'm cool? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure they because like I know he was in Planet of the Apes, but you couldn't tell it was him. Right, so could have. I won't say it could have been anybody. <laughs> could have been any monkey. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, so then, finally, with uh, the Incredible Hulk on Blu-ray, and this is so elegantly presented, I can't even. Is this something I haven't seen? It's a digital copy of the movie. Yes, we all know about digital copies. It's so well put together and nicely... I I feel a sense of sarcasm in your voice. Oh, my uh, word. This is how it's presented. It's like it's been damp. It's like a little white envelope (laughs) with the little clear thing in the front, you know, like you get at... at, your discount store for about five hundred for a dollar or something, it, you know, like, and it's all wobbly, like it's been wet. And let's tell you that um, it's just stuck in the like box. not like if there's a two disc Blu-ray release, you would have a slot here and a slot here, right? Which this would make sense to put this in. Yeah. But obviously, this green case cost them a bit too much, so they didn't go with this double. So they didn't add that separate little. So yeah, you shove this little crappy, damp little, um, and then you get your little code to unlock your movie here. Um, I guess because, if you really think about it, like you've said in the past, and the reality of the digital copy is, once you've done it, it's worthless, so you can just toss it. And so, yeah, I guess that's worth uh, it. Why uh, would we invest in something that people aren't going to need again? It just looks really dodgy. It looks like... Um, and it does say there's a digital copy included, but yeah, it's, uh, I was when I opened it, I was like, holy crap, is this... Um, nice presentation. Yeah, um, and that's it for extras on The Incredible Hulk. I just wanted to also mention while we're here, we, um, that... Ang Lee's The Hulk is also available on Blu-ray disc. I have a copy in my hand. Um, Do you think he still likes that people call it Ang Lee's? Thing? It's actually just called Hulk. I, it's not yeah, even no. The Hulk. It's just Hulk. Look. Yep. Um, and look how crap it looks on the front. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon. looks like an animation. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it looks like an animation in the movie. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, it looks like yeah. the whole... If, from that cover, it looks like the whole thing is... But anyway, um, if you want the... 2003 edition of the Hulk on Blu-ray High Definition, that is also available this week. I know which one I'd buy, (laughs) and it wouldn't be both of them. No comment. Um, But yes, that's available too. So uh, overall, the Hulk, thanks to Universal for those discs. um, Great fun. And I can't recommend, if you like superhero movies, uh, you should see it. I'm not sure I see where the Hulk falls into the superhero category, well, but whatever. Marvel, comic, all right, then, comic book. No, no, you're right. I'm I'm the one that doesn't get it. I don't see where he fits in, but whatever. comic book movies. If you like movies with green blokes who run around, then cool. All right, let's move on to our contest this week. We got a bit of a quickie and a goodie. Mm-hmm. Quickie goodie. What were you What were you saying there? Quickie. I like that. Okay, we've got a quickie and a goodie this week. This will probably be a contest that only runs for two weeks. We've got one copy of Dead Space Downfall. I'm showing it you right now. You're showing Cinematic. it to everybody. It's got a nice slip, <laughs> it's got a nice slip case. Another stupid slip cover. Ah, this is uh, the actual one that you will get. It's um, basically, let's, let's, let's set this one up. There's a video game which I talked about a little bit last week. I still, I've got it on my desk, but I've been, I've, we'll mention this in a minute. Been so into another game, I've not even fired it up yet. Anyway, it's a game by EA called Dead Space that was out last week. This is the animated full-length movie, which is the prequel to the game. So if you're really into Dead Space and you wanna, you've either played through Dead Space already and you think it was cool, um, this will tell you how it all came about. It's an anime movie. I like anime looking stuff. Uh, it's from our friends at Anchor Bay. This is who I got it from to give away. And uh, it's also it's under the manga label, which is their anime label. Um, and it's Dead Space, Downfall. And if you got... want to win a copy, the copy he was just touching with his very own famous Ace I've greased World it up. Famous Ace Gully. <laughs> <laughs> you send an email to acegully at acegully.com and answer this question. In the movie, Event Horizon... This, what is the name? Does this have anything to do no, with No, absolutely nothing. Okay. When you said to me, Dead Space, instantly in my mind, I thought of the movie Event Horizon. It okay. just instant, like like that. Like like that. <laughs> so, in the movie Event Horizon, what is the name of the rescue ship? 
Is it the HMS? <laughs> Star Trek? No. Enterprise? <laughs> yeah. No. Is no. it the HMS Intrepid? Uh, no. Okay. Are you trying to win the DVD? Because it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to win it. <laughs> I'll just, just lean over there and it's all yours. No. I've greased it up anyway. So send an email to aschooladayschool.com and in the subject line put Event Horizon and answer the question, what was the name of the rescue and you could get a Dead Space Downfall prequel. Which has nothing to do with Event Horizon. <laughs> <I saw> <laughs> yeah. You could get the prequel to Dead Space. <laughs> Are you insulting my spelling abilities? Yeah. Uh, so moving on to games uh, for this week. Now, it was going to be a games week. Video games. More plural. Hence the plural. But it turned into a game week for me, even though I... Probably I've got uh, probably have five games this. I probably got five games this week to play. I played one of them, Saints yep. Row Two. From a wife perspective, here's how it went the other day. <laughs> From the time you got up until about 14 hours later when we went to bed, that's all you did. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, and that's all I did on several days when you wasn't here. And then you're like, oh, my eyes hurt and I have a headache. I was like, that is totally shocking. I can't even imagine what that's from. Anyway. As you sit there with the thing in your hand, like, eyeballs all bulging out. So this is Saints Row 2. It's the sequel to Saints Row. It's, some people would say the poor man's Grand Theft Auto. I would say it's, yes, it's a Grand Theft Auto style game. It's about stealing cars, doing crime. Blah, blah, blah. It's a big open sandboxy world. But it... Whereas the... And you know, I, it's one of my... It's my favourite game, probably. Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Any, any of them. Whereas Rockstar have took Grand Theft Auto 4 into, like, serious territory. It's pretty serious. This is just stupid, goofball, fun. I would say fun. Because there's a lot of the things that Grand Theft Auto has wrong with, the, with it. Such as... When you do a mission in Grand Theft Auto 4 and you die, you have to do the mission all over again from the beginning. It can become quite frustrating if it happens to you five times in a <laughs> row. And you have to drive from one end of the city just to get to the place where you're supposed to be doing the thing. Now, how Saints Row does it in the Saints Row 2, it didn't in Saints Row 1, but they've changed it, is all the missions have checkpoints. So when you hit a checkpoint and you die, you can just carry on from the checkpoint rather than having to go all the way back to the beginning of the mission. It totally takes the frustration out of it. Because you might die a few times, but you're always just... Sounds kind of sissy to me. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, and a lot of people complain about that, you know. And I think adding that, while it'll make the game easier to get through, it's a good idea. Secondly, what makes it really good is it's got two-player co-op throughout the entire game. That works seamlessly over Xbox Live. You can't, unfortunately, you can't play co-op in the same room together because it doesn't support that. But you can pick your friend up over the internet, and and it works perfectly. We've been playing the entire story through, and you get the cut when a cutscene happens, how they deal with it because there's two of you is you see yourself as the main character, and the other person sees themselves. So oh. you all both get a different cutscene. You know, pretty so, good. Yeah, it really works well, and there's no lag, and the game's really good. I mean, I've got about. 40 hours on it and I've only had it since Tuesday so that's good <laughs> that's a good week's work right there um, other games that came out which I have but I've not played is Dead Space I'm and these looking- all just came out this week yeah I'm looking forward to it uh, it'll probably be the next one I play uh, Far Cry 2 is out this Tuesday another big shooter I probably won't get around to that either because I'm going to finish Saints Row before I tackle anything else uh, Midnight Club LA is out tomorrow, which is Rockstar's other huge franchise. It's not their crime game, it's their racing game. And uh, it's another game that I absolutely adore, so that's uh, tomorrow. I'll be Because out. aside from killing and being a pimp and meeting up with whores, you also like racing. It's hard being a pimp. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I like racing and I like Rockstar games, so it's a no-brainer. I have nothing against whores, by the way. I'm just saying. Whores? Whores. Yeah, <laughs> prostitutes, hookers, girls of loose ill repute, whatever it's called. Okay, which... let me... Uh, so, what, <laughs> also tomorrow, Monopoly for the 360 comes out 
on it's not a it's a this game sixty dollar monopoly. Sixty dollars. Yes. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. So that'll be fun. Uh, not for sixty. Also on Tuesday, won't. Legendary comes out, which is another first person shooter. I think that one's probably going to get lost in this shuffle. Who made Monopoly, by the way? Hasbro. Parker Brothers. Hasbro, isn't it? It's one of those Parker Brothers. Well, they probably didn't make it. Some. That's what I'm saying. Is it EA or something? No. Mm. It's just some. You know. For sixty dollars. Christ. I'm sure you could probably get it cheaper. If you yeah, want. I can go to the garage sale and get it for two dollars. <laughs> Yeah, well, the real deal. You can't get achievements on that one. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, so uh, Legendary is going to come out on Tuesday, and that is another first-person shooter that I think is going to get lost because Far Cry 2 is a hugely popular shooter, and that's also out on the same day, and I don't think anybody knows what Legendary is. It's some kind of supernaturally shooter. Is Far Cry the one on the island the last time? Yeah. Okay. And Far Cry 2 is in Africa in the savannah. Interesting. Got it. Uh, then, another huge release on Tuesday is Fable 2, Peter mm-hmm. Molyneux's uh, follow-up to Fable. Fable was great, came out in the Xbox days, on the original Xbox. It was really fun, I loved it, played it all the way through, but it was kind of short and uh, didn't really live up to what he'd promised in all these... He's a good man at talking the talk, that guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he did also with Black, Black and, and White, White guy, yeah. and Black and White 2, he did the talk the talk and it never... So Fable 2, he's also taught the talk and... I've got a copy and I will uh, report back on whether his talk was right. But I'm sure I won't get around to playing it this week. Uh, And then, to add insult to injury, on Sunday, which will be the day we do our next podcast, Guitar Hero World Tour comes out. Now this is the next installment in the Guitar Hero franchise. It's... They've basically done what Rock Band have done and took a full band this time, instead of just guitars. So there's drums, vocals... Bass and guitar. It's about two hundred. So they should call it rock band. But it's Guitar Hero World Tour. Yeah, but now, you know. now, for me, Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Guitar Hero is a lot more difficult than Rock Band. It always has been. Is they have more difficult note paths. It's harder to play. I don't think. I think it's more for the hardcore. Whereas Rock Band's a bit more easy. There's no way I would finish an expert song on Guitar Hero. There's absolutely no way. You have to have like some kind of weird bionic hands. You know. Or be on drugs. So I'm looking forward to that. One of the things I'm not looking forward to, though, is the Guitar Hero World Tour. About 30% of the songs are, are already in Rock Band. Oh. So that's not going to be much fun, is it? Because it's just like, oh, I played this one before. Unless because you like Rock Band the game more, playing those same songs, they'll have a different twist. They'll have a little bit different thing. You know what I mean? Too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's no doubt Guitar Hero World Tour is going to be really good, and I'm going to play it to death. But I always feel... Because Rock Band has the good downloadable songs, and I always go back to that one. And how Rock Band 2 integrated all the content from Rock Band 1 into Rock Band 2. There's none of this with Guitar Hero. They're starting afresh, so anything you bought before is just not going to work. No good. So uh, that's it. Huge. Huge. Does it actually have a 360? She liked Fable a lot, didn't she? No, she doesn't have one. It's coming out. I don't know if it's coming out on PC. Maybe. But anyway, Fable 2, Guitar Hero World Tour... Spider-Man Web of Shadows that I didn't mention it's a new Spider-Man game it kind of looks generic to me but it's it's coming out Legendary Monopoly Midnight Club LA <laughs> Far Cry 2 and already available is Dead Space and Saints Row 2 and also on Tuesday a little game called Little Big Planet was supposed to be coming out but it's been delayed for two weeks because um, there were some offensive lyrics to a song and someone pointed out to them and they decided they didn't want to offend people. Of- so they recalled. Yeah. So if you were expecting... Which is little- the decent thing to do. If you were expecting... Little- if you'd pre-ordered from GameStop or whatever and you was expected it in your mailbox on Tuesday, I think you'll have to wait. Because yeah. it's... I think they said it will be three weeks. November the 4th, I think, they said uh, you're going to finally get it. So don't think you're getting it this week because you ain't. You ain't. So... Moving on to Sid Talk. In fact, that's huge for games, isn't it? We never talk yep. that much about games. Next you week, have, you should have a little branch off uh, podcast sometimes. The week, yeah, maybe the week like for the holidays. You should have your own little separate gaming. Well, let's say the week after this. That week seems huge. Next week's insane. Mega. Yeah, so we'll probably be talking about games again next week. Uh, Sid Talk. What's for supper? What's for supper? One of your favorites: chicken curry, made with the lovely chicken thighs, which now I found our store has. Not that I'm a big, you know, 
person into this, but they have now a whole line of chicken that's all, you know, natural and no hormones, no nothing, all free range, fresh, brought in that whatever day or whatever. I don't know if it's local. So I use chicken from that. We use the Pataks curry flavoring. Gonna have some lovely jasmine rice. Yeah, pata- and some tortillas. Pataks is a curry flavor. Paste. Well, it's a jar of paste from the UK, actually. Pataks.co.uk if you want to go to the website. But it's actually <clears> from <throat> India. Right? Pataks. Yeah, well, yeah, the person's an Indian person who blended. Who yeah. Basically blended together their spice and sell it in a... So what it is, it's a paste in a jar. You just put a, like four teaspoons of it heat into your curry and it makes or a more, curry. A little bit more. It's really good. <laughs> and it's it absolutely chicken, makes a good curry. Some canned tomatoes, an onion, and the pataks. You let it cook. You make your rice. And then we heat up some tortillas to go with it, which doesn't go, but I can't make nan bread. So, you know, that's what's for supper. Have you got anything else? I've got nothing. Okay, so thanks for listening. And... Uh, Thanks for coming to aschoolie.com and sigtalk.com and thanks to all the loyal listeners who subscribe because we yes. got quite I was we do have quite a few people Thank who you have, for listening. We have quite a few people who have subscribed and have stayed subscribed throughout this entire 40 we up to episode 40. And if you have already. anything that irritates you, a sound we make, I'm going to say me if you don't pick on him but on me if I say something or act weird or use a lot of ums and ahs and ohs or you hear me breathing or <laughs> sniffling a lot, please tell me. Because I listen to other podcasts, and they drive me crazy, and I want to tell them. So, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you can, as usual, you can go to aschoolie.com or sidtow.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, or use the RSS feed on aschoolie.com. You can listen to the show directly from the page. Just click on podcast at the top, and... You can email feedback to aschoolie at aschoolie.com or sidtalk at sidtalk.com. Or we have a, another reviewer who has no voice okay. and no balls. <laughs> that other reviewer. <laughs> we do have another reviewer who very kindly writes reviews on Yes. A, oh, yeah, the written review I write, and it'll be out on Thursday. Yeah. Which is not the content of this podcast. It is a completely separate Stuff that I say about the movie and the extras Correct. and uh, the value and... So if you don't like this newfangled audio, you can just <laughs> read. <laughs> if you just want to sit and read it. And it's not verbatim at all. Like, no, I it's not a transcript. Quite a lot to... So um, we also have this, what well, I gather, this another reviewer who writes for the site called Squidly, who kind of now specializes on our site, at least, by default, because he has a child. Hmm. In Disney animation, um, anything that's aimed at two-year-olds. <laughs> or High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, he loves, he loves High School Musical. He's this ha- is a grown man, right? He, he wears Hannah Montana boxer shorts, I believe. <laughs> and I think he was wearing a, a Disney headband once when I saw him. I'm not sure. That pink one? Yeah. Yeah, he likes that one. <laughs> um, anyway, that's, that's Squidly. He writes reviews. He doesn't just write reviews of... Um, no. Of... He actually wrote a review of a Steven Seagal movie the other day. So give the boy credit. Um, and he writes our rev- he writes reviews on Friday if you want to catch his stuff. Uh, one day we will get him on the podcast. One day. And your playing partner who you play with often online, Purple Mongrel, is also an integral part of our weekly experience here at aschoolit.com. Correct. He, uh, because he plays often he with you. He samples games with us. Talk- Exactly. Um, so maybe we'll, have, maybe we'll get him in to talk about a game sometime or something. We'll do something. <laughs> anyway, we're on episode 40. Can you? It's like close to a year we've been doing this. Fabulous. It doesn't feel like that. No. So that's uh, after the show, episode 40. Um, I just want to say stay classy, Edward Norton, because you're the most classy Hulk there has been so far. Oh, I disagree. Lou Ferrigno, come on. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, people, because if you don't do it, someone else will come along and stomp you down and do it for you. 